Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to A New Narrative, a message from Pastor Vinny Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd go in the word of the Lord with me tonight to the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, and we are going to read verses 3 through 5. Now, I'm going to read this in the ESV, and I don't know if they have that back there, but it's pretty similar, so you just follow along with what's on the screen. If it sounds a little different, that's why. Daniel chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, aren't you glad that's not your name? Amen. His chief eunuch to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And I want to speak to you tonight on this. It's time for a new narrative. A new narrative. Can we pray together before we're seated? Jesus, we love you, Lord. Once again, we are so honored and grateful to be in your house tonight. Lord, I pray that over the next few minutes, Lord, as your word, Lord, is released into this atmosphere and into our hearing, that your word would find good ground in our hearts. Lord, that it would resonate in our spirits, that we would have understanding that we would have revelation, that it would find a point of application in our life, uh, and it would bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Nebuchadnezzar was the king in this story, and he was one of the most powerful kings in the Bible. He ruled and reigned with power and might. He was a take-charge guy, if you will. And he was very skillful and intentional about what he was doing. He understood what he wanted, and he understood how to get there. Anybody ever know somebody like that? It's a principle that he was using in the Word that I want to pull out of this story here tonight. In our text, the Bible reveals to us a great kingdom strategy. This strategy can be used in God's kingdom or in man's kingdom because it's a principle truth. How many of you are thankful for principle truths? Amen. And here's a secret. Every truth is a principle truth. There's no such thing as relative truth. Oh, that was weak. Come on now. Truth is truth. It's the principle truth. And I want to talk to you about this principle of a unified narrative. 
A narrative is a spoken account of connected events or a story. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your narrative is very important because your words create your world. Every single day, we walk in the landscape of our language. I am walking in the words that I spoke yesterday, last week, and last year. I am living out what I have spoken yesterday. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, if you want a testimony, you need to start talking about it today. If you want a miracle, you need to start talking about it today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Every day, every day. Nebuchadnezzar had a profound understanding that you will get what you speak. This is a kingdom principle. We must speak it until we see it. Say it until you see what you said. Hallelujah. Now, anybody ever planted a garden before? Amen. I tried. I've tried three times. I've, you told me about your garden. It's a little intimidating. <laughs> Mine was like four by eight, and it was terrible <laughs> every time. Because no matter what I did, Brother Terrian, some other stuff grew in that garden that I didn't plant. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens in our life. Things grow up in our life, and we're like, how did it get there? We sow the seed of the landscape of our life. So don't talk about your testimony today, but tomorrow talk doubt. Because you know what you did? You planted a seed of faith today, but you planted doubt tomorrow. And so when it seems like your answer is there, there's going to be a tear that grows right along with it. Why? Because you planted it there. We have to start bringing our words into unity to build the tomorrows that we want to see. Amen? Mm. So how do we get a unified narrative? Or how do we get everyone speaking the same thing? This is very important. What I am teaching you tonight paves the way forward for greater faith. Everybody in here already wants the same thing. I'm teaching you how we get there because your words are laying the pavement that we are going to walk on tomorrow. So it's important that we start speaking the same things. Amen? So how do we get there? Education by saturation. It's got to get in your spirit. Nebuchadnezzar said, teach them the literature. You must know what you believe and why you believe it. 
Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, read this way. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. This talks about your conversation at home. And when thou walkest by the way, this talks about your passive conversation. And when thou liest down, this is what you talk about when you're tired. And when thou risest up, this is what you talk about when you're fresh. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. You're going to keep them in front of you, and you shall write them upon the posts of your house and on thy gates. It covers every area of your life. He said, I want you to talk about what you believe. I want you to talk about this word in the morning. I want you to talk about this word in the evening. I want you to talk about this word throughout the day. I, I want you to keep it in front of you. I want you to keep it inside of you. I want it to become a part of you. Hallelujah. You got to get in the book and you've got to know what you believe. Your narrative won't change if the only time you're in the Word is when pastor is teaching on Wednesday and preaching on Sunday. Your narrative will not change if you are only digesting this book two times a week. You've got to eat this book every single day. David said it like this, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He said, my delight is in the word of God, and in his word do I meditate day and night. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Hey, listen, friend, I'll tell you how you know when it's getting in you. When you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about the promises of God. When you're weary in your body and you're getting ready to lay down at night and your thought doesn't go to chaos, it doesn't go to the problem, but it goes to the promises of God. It goes to, ah, hallelujah, it goes to the truth of his word. Why? Because you've been walking in it. You've been talking it. You've been reading it. You've been keeping it in front of your eyes. You've been consistently putting it inside of your spiritual system. Nah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm going to calm down. Hallelujah. Jeremiah said his word is like a fire shut up in his bones. He didn't say his spirit. He said his word. His word is like a fire. Man, how do you get all that? You know, I, people ask me all the time, why do you get so fired up? How do you get all that energy? Mm. It's not green juice. It's not a protein shake. It's not a Red Bull. It's the word. You want energy? Get the word inside of you, and you'll get your fire back. Mm. Your narrative will change when you begin to soak your spirit in the word of God. Oh, hey, Brother Seth, come on, I'm ready for you. Brother Seth, I want you to hold up what I gave you. Hold it up high. High in the sky. Come up here. Come up here. Come on. You're loud. Come on. Everybody give Seth a hand. Awesome. Hold that up, Brother Seth. I want you to hold it like this. Hold it just like that. Now, this is what Brother Seth is holding, Okay. This is a greater faith Bible reading.
plan. I made this for this church yesterday. This is a custom Bible reading plan that begins tomorrow. Because you know what? We're not just going to talk about current events. We're not going to just talk about what's in the latest news cycle. But if we are reading together, guess what? We can talk about the word together. Hey, come on. Tell me what the Lord spoke to you yesterday. Tell me what God inspired in your spirit. Hallelujah. Tell me how the word encouraged you this week. What has God been talking to you about when you are reading his word? Hallelujah. Now, Brother Seth. I want you to go around, and I want you to pass those. If you want one, raise your hand. Oh, we got more hands than papers, but I want you to go pass this out to everybody that's got their hand up, and then when you're all out, I want you to count how many hands we got left, and you come tell me after church, and I'll print out the rest, all right? You just wave him down if you want one, but I'm going to keep on going. Just keep your hand up, and he's going to keep passing those out. That's a Greater Faith Bible Reading Plan. It goes from now until the end of the year, and it's Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament. And then next year, we'll do the whole Bible together. But I figured I'd start you off slow, and then we'll go all in next year. Sound good? Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are excited about that? I'm excited about that. Come on, this, this, this is going to create a narrative for you when you guys talk to each other. Amen? Amen. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. When you begin to saturate your mind in the word of God, your, and this is so, listen, our world talks about mental health all the time, okay? Mm. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go down this medical road and say things that people are going to accuse me about later. But I will tell you this, this is one of the greatest assets to mental health that exists on the planet. The Bible promises that when you saturate your mind in this word, it'll be renewed. It's the washing of the water by the word. If you begin to read this and put this in front of you every day, this is powerful. Your thought life will change. Mm, hallelujah. 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 And this is so important. We're talking about Nebuchadnezzar putting the literature in front of this group of people because he wanted a unified narrative. I just want you to keep that in your mind. And I'm going to give you an example of a unified narrative. How many of you heard of the tragedy that took place in Allen, Texas? Terrible, terrible tragedy. My daughter went to school, and she had a conversation with her friends uh, pertaining to this and a few other current events. We're one of the only Christian families in that school, and Aubrey gave her point of view. You'll get to know Aubrey, and you will learn that she um, knows what she believes, and she's not intimidated by you. <laughs> And she went to school, and she began to talk about what she believed. And almost all of her friends disagreed, right? And they all used the same talking points 
exactly when they were talking to her. I said, Aubrey, what you encountered, we talked about this at breakfast this morning. I said, what you encountered at school was a unified narrative. I said, parents and people in these kids' lives have all told them what to think. They have put the literature in front of them and said, this is how you interpret the information. And so when they are asked about it, when they are challenged on it, do you know what they do? They all give the same answer. A unified narrative works in the kingdom of darkness and it works in the kingdom of light. So the people of God have better start speaking the same thing. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Now, he said, teach them the same narrative and teach them the language. Your speech comes into alignment with your influence. All right? Your kids ever hung out with somebody and you knew who they were hanging out with because they started talking different, right? We do the same thing. You get around a group of people for a little while. What happens? You start talking like them, right? It's the influence of language. I want to talk to you about Peter. Peter walked with Jesus and his disciples for three years. And they had the same narrative. I want you to put up for me, if you would, Matthew chapter 26, verse 73. How many of you know the story of Peter? Jesus is talking to Peter, and he tells Peter, you're going to deny me thrice, right? Peter says, no way. There's no way that's going to happen. And what happens? He denies him thrice. And somebody comes out, Jesus is on trial, Peter's outside, and somebody comes by and says, hey, you're one of them. And he says, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Somebody else comes out, says, you're one of them. And what's he do? He tries to curse and hide that he's one of them. He gets accused a third time. And let's read this verse together. And after a while came unto them that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech berayeth thee. Berayeth means of a certain origin. It is certain, clear, or manifest. In other words, you can't hide it. Here's my question. Mm. Do people know who you are based on your narrative? Can you hide the fact that you are an apostolic, one God, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, Jesus-name-baptized believer, or does your speech give you away because if you are a believer your speech ought to beray you every single day people should see you and say i know who you are i know where you go to church you're one of them you're a pentecostal you're a believer you're one of those ones that believe in miracles you're one of those ones that believe in speaking in tongues you're a one god believer aren't you you believe in the power of god i know you do because your speech gives 
gives you away. You could not hide it if you wanted to. I recognize the narrative that you speak. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ever met somebody from the South? Come on now. Come on now. Sweet tea. Mm. You always know somebody's from the South, don't you? Because they talk like molasses. My wife, she's got family in Georgia. Now, I'm probably not doing a very good job because it's not my accent. But when you meet somebody from the South or you meet somebody from Louisiana, Louisiana, with a Cajun accent, hallelujah, you know where they're from. Do your neighbors know where you're from? Do the people at work know where you're from? You shouldn't have to even open the Bible and tell them who you are. Your speech should give you away. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Hallelujah. So what is our language? At greater faith, we are going to speak the language of faith. We are going to talk about what God is doing and what he's going to do. Mm. At greater faith, we will speak the language of faith. We will call things that are not as though they were. That's what I was doing when I was giving you instructions about the offering. You may not see them, but I already see them. I'm calling things that are not as though they already were. I already see people sitting on that back row. I already see people filling up that section right there. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Venny? I'm speaking the language of faith. When people say, how's the church doing? You tell them it's doing great. We're having revival. We're having growing pains. It's going so good. We don't even know what we're going to do. We're having such revival. That's called the language of faith. Hallelujah. We're going to speak the language of faith. We're going to talk about revival. And we are going to talk about healing in the land. We are going to talk about what God is doing in our city. We are going to start talking about how God is going to change the economy in our city. How God is going to change the addiction problem in our city. We are, I, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, Brother Vinny? I'm talking about the language of faith. I'm talking about a unified narrative at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Because this is a place where drug addicts uh, can be delivered once and for all. Uh, this is a place uh, where mental illness can be healed. Uh, this is a place uh, where people who are sick uh, can walk out healed. Uh, where people who are bound uh, can walk out free. Uh, we are going to speak a unified uh, narrative of uh, faith. And friend, you don't have to make, you don't have to be afraid to make declarations of faith. You know why? Because that's not your bill to pay. That's God's bill. You tell him God will heal you. God will deliver you. God will put your family back together. God will heal your broken heart. Are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? No. He's going to do it. He promised he would. He said he would. And his word never returns void. 
It's the language of faith. Hallelujah. We are done talking fear. We are done talking doubt. We are finished talking small vision. We are done speaking die vision. There's going to be one vision in this church and that vision is revival and healing in the city of Ironton, Ohio. Hey! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When people ask you how, you tell them God's got a plan. Hallelujah. Beginning today, we are done. Hear me. Beginning today, we are done talking about the past five months. Amen. 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 Mm. We are done talking about money. We are done talking about the pastoral election. We are done talking about this is how we used to do it. We're going to talk about how we're going to do it and how God is going to do it. The narrative is shifting forward as of today in the name of Jesus. There's going to be a unified narrative of faith. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They learn the literature. They learn the language. And they ate what the king ate. And they drank what the king drank. Mm. You are what you eat. You didn't elect a politician. You elected a pastor. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear. And you can't eat the king's meat one day and eat like a pauper tomorrow. Or you'll become discontent and dissatisfied in your spirit. Don't come in here and eat the bread of life and then pollute your table with the junk of the world. A unified narrative requires unified belief, unified language, and a unified diet. Nebuchadnezzar knew that if they believed the same and spoke the same but dined on pauper's food, they would become discontent and resentful. We have to fill our spiritual systems with the same food. Ah. Come on, that was weak. We got to fill our spiritual systems. You know, he breathed life into you and you became a spirit when and you need to understand something. Your spirit retained 
contains things. And what you allow into your spirit has a direct impact on the narrative that you speak on a daily basis. When you, you better trace it down. Where'd that fear come from? Where'd that anxiety come from? Where'd that doubt come from? Honey, you better check what's going into your spiritual system. You need to watch what you allow your spirit to feed on on a regular basis. Amen? Mm. We have to fill our spiritual systems with the same food. Mm. This is a season of time nobody wants to remember or talk about, but I just I want to pull something out of this, okay? I know nobody ever wants to talk about 2020. I feel like Someday, it'll probably be illegal to even say that, but something terrible happened in 2020, and I'm not talking about the pandemic. In 2020, when churches went online and people stopped coming into the building and social unrest erupted and all of a sudden, everybody had a PhD in everything. And everybody knew everything about everything. Listen to me. Do you know what happened to church people? Church people went shepherd shopping online. And people thought, well, because this pastor is doing it this way in this city, well, that's what our pastor should be doing. Well, because they're doing it this way over there, that's the way that we should be doing it. Y'all with me? These voices, listen. Every Facebook preacher is not going to give an account for your soul. These voices that claim to be safe will not give an account for your soul. But your pastor will give an account for everything he taught you and did not teach you before God. Preachers that take the liberty to speak into the lives of sheep that they will not give an account for are no better than a thief. You guys with me? All right, come on. And I want to share with you today some spiritual food that I feast on, that my family feasts on. And I'm inviting you, I'm appealing to you that when you are spending time filling your spiritual system with food, I'm going to give you a few recommendations of people you should listen to. Is that all right? All right. First of all, if you have never listened to Bishop Stark teach or preach, I want to recommend to you that you do. Bishop Stark is my pastor, my father in the gospel, and he will be the apostle to this church. And what that means is he is a spiritual covering. Every church needs one. Every body of believers need, needs one. has to do with spiritual authority, and I'll teach on that another time. But right now, just rest assured that you are blessed to have that. I'm going to throw some names at you if you're a note taker. If you're not a note taker, this would be a good time to become one. 
Bishop Stark, Brother David Bernard. He's the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church. He is an excellent, excellent teacher. Brother Mark Morgan, Dr. Hughes. I'm telling you, if you if you got things that you need to overcome in your life, you got emotional turmoil, broken home issues, all those kind of things. Dr. James Hughes is a wonderful person to listen to. Raymond Woodward, a the creme de la creme of teaching, speaking, and preaching. Brother Josh Herring, who just started a church in, in, in Texas but was an evangelist, a phenomenal preacher. You can, if you type any of these names into YouTube, you will find scores and scores of messages that you can listen to. Why are you telling me this, Brother Vinny? I'm telling you this because I know they speak the narrative that we're going to speak here at Greater Faith. And this is the stuff that you ought to be filling your mind with, filling your heart with. Amen? Also want to recommend to you, and this is just, uh, you know, some resources for you, podcasts that are very good and just have just voluminous content. Apostolic mentoring is one. Uh, the Fruitful Vine uh, with Pastor Joel Urshan. That's where the district conference is going to be at his church. The Fruitful Vine, his just started. Apostolic Mentoring is hosted by Charles Robinette. He will preach here eventually someday. He's an international evangelist. I have done crusades with him in Brazil, in Bangladesh. Uh, I think one of them was in Africa. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal evangelist. Somebody you definitely want to uh, listen to. There's a podcast called The Apostolic Vault. There's one called Truth Radio. All of these have extensive, extensive teaching and preaching that you can avail yourself of and just begin to saturate yourself in truth. Is that all right? Everybody good? Good. All right. We have to start filling our spiritual systems with good food. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? Now, just so you know, I am trying to be mindful of when we leave here on Wednesdays. I know everybody works and has work in the morning, and we have kids and all that stuff. And so it, just so you understand what my objective is, and I don't know how things uh, happened before, but my objective is to get you out of here on Wednesdays between 8 and 8.30 at the latest. Uh, eventually we'll have, uh, you know, a fiery, amazing youth group and just an incredible Sunday school class and all of those things. And so we may go a little bit longer at some point. But for right now, it is my objective to get you out and you be at church for an hour, hour and 15 minutes on Wednesdays. Does everybody feel good about that? Amen. All right. Brother Hammond, would you mind? Coming and just playing a little something on the keys for me. Thank you so much. I wanted to close tonight's um, service with just an experience of mine. I was uh, preaching for Landmark Tabernacle in Denver, Colorado last year. Pastor there, his name is Danny Hood. Uh, amazing man, amazing family. And I was there... I think it was Wednesday through Sunday or Thursday through Sunday. And one of the nights, 
he said, would you like to come over to the house and eat dinner with my family? And I said, yeah, I'd love that. And so I came over and uh, he made some steaks on the grill and I sat out back and most of his kids are adult children now. And so we sat down to eat on the back porch and I had such an incredible experience because as we sat there, we didn't talk about what was going on in the news. We didn't talk about the latest ball game or movie. I'm not bashing that stuff, okay? I just wanna, I wanna pull something together here for you. We began to talk about the things of God. What was happening in the kingdom. What we felt like God was doing in the earth in that season. What God was doing in his city. What God was doing in that church. And we begin to pull from Scripture. And this is what was so amazing. He had a daughter and three sons and a son-in-law. And everybody at the table contributed to that conversation. Everybody had something to add. It was like the Word just began to flow from everybody sitting there. And I tell you, it really resonated with me. And I thought, this is what I want at my table this is the narrative I want in my home I want my kids I want my spouse I want our family to be able to talk about the things of God as naturally as you would sit down and talk about your day at work it ought to just flow from you it ought to just be a part of you and so I went home and I told my kids, I said, guys, I said, we've had a family night for a long time. I said, but I feel like it's not enough. I'm like, every day you go to school, I said, and for seven-ish hours a day, that school gets to fill your spirit with whatever it wants. I said, and I've been, and I've been trying to work against that for an hour on Sunday, an hour on Wednesday, and an hour on family night. And I said, that's just not enough. I said, so what we're going to do is I said, I made a little morning schedule. I said, every morning at 745, I want you to be at the table with your breakfast. I said, and we're going to talk about the things of God. I said, some days I'm going to teach a devotion. Sometimes I just want you to share with me what you've been reading in your devotions or what God's been talking to you about. And we started creating a narrative in our home we became intentional about what we were talking about together one month i had us all read the book of acts together so that in the morning we would come together tell me what you read about yesterday what verse jumped out at you what do you think was happening in this story oh many hey listen i know maybe you've never heard anybody talk like this before but we've got to understand that there is a practical side to what we believe. I can preach inspiration all day, but if we don't go home and become doers of the word, then we'll just be inspired and frustrated instead of inspired and changed. And so I'm using tonight to try to bring some practical application into our lives where we can become intentional about our narrative as a church, in our home, with our families. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith.
John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You ready for this? God gave me this today. I have preached the author and finisher of your faith my whole life, but I never saw this until today, Brother Terry. When I speak his narrative, he's the author because he is his word. But when I take back the narrative and I walk in the flesh and I complain and I murmur and I gossip and I speak division and I talk about the chaos and the volatility of the world, you know what I do? I take that pen right out of his hand and say, I'll write this chapter if you don't mind. But when I speak his narrative and I talk about the promises of God and what God is doing and what God is speaking, that pen stays right where it belongs in his hands. If you want God to be the author of your story, then you've got to speak his narrative. And that's how you change the landscape of your life, your family, your church, and your city. Amen? Amen. I want us to begin to speak a unified narrative here at Greater Faith. This message has resonated with you tonight. Would you just take a moment, just lift your hands, lift your voices, and just begin to pray with me tonight and dismiss her. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.